Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is a podcaster from Waterloo, where the vampires hang out. (laughs) It's Shane Beauregard. What's up? That is a quote that no one will get, but hopefully more people will as uh, a certain movie of ours came out this uh, past weekend that we enjoyed. Uh, We will get to that in a moment. How are you, sir? You made it through Mother's Day. You got the whole uh, shebang. You're you're out and about watching movies. So good. Good on you, man. It's a great weekend. Like you said, I slayed Mother's Day flag football, went to the zoo and soccer and which I miss because nice. of the zoo, but it's okay. And I got five movies in this weekend. Woo, Boom, boy. five, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because we were kind of talking on the side and we didn't know whether we wanted to do an episode like this. Today we're going to do our top five movies of the year so far because, Shane, it's been a year, dude. I know. Uh, since we started this podcast a little over and we did this exact type of episode as part of the launch last year. So it's kind of cool to uh, do it again at this time of year. But... We were also talking like, oh, maybe we have some new entries into our top five. So maybe it's kind of like a cool time to to do this, to take a snapshot of the year. I, too, survived the weekend, mostly watching crazy NBA playoff basketball because you and I are both Celtics guys. And Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum went off. That man was deadly. Uh, that ga- last game seven was amazing. So... You know, nothing nothing to complain about in that department. So had a good weekend of that as well. But let's talk movies, Shane. I know we're doing the top fives, and we'll get to that in a second. But how would you kind of characterize this year thus far? It's been uh, maybe a little bit of a return to form at the box office a little bit. Um, and we're getting, you know, some of the usual suspects in terms of like IP and stuff. But how do you feel the year is going so far? Uh, I have mixed emotions. The the first word that popped in my head was lackluster. Mm. Um, I I know it was weird, but and I I wish I wrote down some of the stuff that we did last year. But I just feel like we're in the middle of May and we're gonna project forward. There's not a lot that's grabbed my attention, and I feel like the good movies or like the box office successes. There's been gaps between them, you know, until the whole Mario Brothers Guardians run almost back to back, right. It's been kind of like we've we've talked about it. it's been some weeks. There's just it's hard to find stuff in the theater. Yeah, it, it really is. So as far as I guess quality of movies, I guess I should have kind of stated it that way. It's lackluster. I felt like last year at this point, we at least had kind of better quality of movies come out than we have so far this year, which, again, I'm yeah. not complaining because I'm the horror action guy so i mean it's been my kind of year especially kicking off the year in january february but as a whole i'm kind of disappointed man i'm not gonna lie to you 
Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. And again, if you aren't satisfied, that's a wild, wild statement considering for what, like a two-month stretch, we were just like, this is the month of Shane. And then like the next month, we were like, I guess this is still the month of Shane (laughs) because it was all like, you know, genre fair, action films and horror stuff and, you know, things that would generally interest you, like the high IP comic book stuff or sci-fi stuff. And yet a lot of that stuff was, you know, not well-received critically, maybe did a little less at the box office than we thought. Um, But then there were some surprises, uh, you know, like horror is still doing plenty well. Um, I don't know what the the margins are exactly, but, you know, like your Scream 6, your Evil Dead Rise, your Cocaine Bears, uh, Megan, things like that, like all did pretty good box office. But definitely, you know, horror has done its thing, Knock at the Cabin as well. Uh, did some some money, or at least like relative to its budget, did well. So you know, horror's still back in a big way, bringing people back to the theater. Um, we're we're not quite you know pre-pandemic numbers in terms of the box office, but that's mostly because of things like you said, where it just seemed like there wasn't enough movies out, like or a big movie of the weekend would be something like. You know, like Renfield was and the Pope's Exorcist was like a weekend. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the best we could do. Um, so that was odd. And then the other thing I would say is that streaming movies, far, far less of them. So mm-hmm. even for if like the theater was not doing so well, then, you know, you'd turn on like, okay, well, what does Netflix have this week? What does, you know, HBO Max have this week or whatever? And it's not a lot. And yeah. in fact, like, I think. Apple seems to be almost more active than the other streamers. I mean, besides Netflix, Netflix still cranks it out. But, like, I don't know. It's weird that they've all turned down the volume, you know, uh, or the water pressure, whatever, like the the, the, the hose, as they used to call it, about, like, uh, all the streaming content that they would get. Um, do you feel that way, too? Or are you feeling the effects of, like, it's mostly, like, TV kind of supplementing versus movies? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you said, I feel like Apple Plus is really coming on this year, but it's more on the TV side of things, you know, you know, again, anchored by Ted Lasso, but then you got the big door prize. Uh, and there's a couple other shows. They put out the Michael J. Fox movie. They had they have uh, the Jennifer Garner show. So like they're putting out a quality content, whereas Netflix and listen, I'm a Netflix. We're both Netflix guys, but I'm having a hard time finding stuff to watch on Netflix. I mean, I feel like overall, like you said, they're quantity release is not as much as it used to be right and even their quality like some of their i can't even think of the best netflix film i've seen this year uh i don't know if you consider the pale blue eye a 2023 release or 2022 okay i mean technically it did like a mini run run right before uh it was like a january 6th release or something like that on on Netflix, technically, so yeah, I, I so, go by the Netflix one. Okay, so to me, that's probably the best movie they've had on Netflix, and that was way back in January. Like, it's been slim pickings, man, and usually hey, Netflix is my go-to. You said you liked AKA, right? I did. I really did. So there's that, but it's been so yeah. spread out, uh, and was, we'll get yeah. into it with the the you know the Jennifer Lopez movie came out, and the everything they're hyping up this year to me is just not hit the mark at all. But their TV shows are, are more successful, like you said. I think they're getting supplemented with quality TV shows. 
Yeah, which again, this time of year is kind of the thing because you're gearing up for Emmy sub- submissions versus like, you know, you're not getting, you may get some big box office stuff or whatever, but like it's generally, you know, they save the goods for either the summer blockbuster season or they save it for Oscar season for the quality of movies that maybe we're going to get. You know, Netflix, of course, you know, we still have. I would say most of the ones that I was looking forward to for the year have not been released. So at least you could say that about them. You know, even like Extraction 2 is still to come. You know, it's kind of like kicking off the season. Yeah, I hope the action's killer on that, man. Like uh, Hargrave and, and... you know, Hemsworth, like that's a combo that just works. But like the first one's story wasn't there. I'm hoping they have a better idea of like what this character is, especially because he had to like, quote, kind of come back from the dead to right. do this one. So let's do it. You know, let's just go for broke. <laughs> if we're already playing in fantasy land, let's just go for it. Um, I'm fine with that. But yeah, the only thing you didn't say, by the way, with the Apple TV Plus, shrinking, buddy. To yeah, not I'm say sorry. Shrink- Ooh, yeah. brain fart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah, you're right. Like, the movies have kind of come and gone. You know, like, Tetris was, like, a mm-hmm. thing that I liked better than than you did. But, you know, it's, it's still, like, you know, uh, of the streaming movies of the year. One of the better Tetris ones. Tetris is one of the better ones. So let's talk about, like, I looked at the box office for the year and no surprise like mario like the i guess if you want to say the big thing about mario is i'm it's wild that this movie so far has made more than both mcu movies of the year combined now again guardians has just started you know it's a couple weeks in but at the same time 1.2 billion dollars for Super Mario Brothers, uh, with Guardians being the second overall at 530, well, almost 531 worldwide million dollars. Uh, Ant-Man, The Wasp, Quantumania at 475 worldwide million dollars. Um, John Wick Chapter 4 is fourth at 419, which good on them. They almost got to MCU status for, for a fourth movie in the John Wick universe, um, and we'll get to that movie, I'm sure. Uh, and Creed III uh, is number five at $273 million, uh worldwide. So the only things that uh, I, you know, I consider a shock is number six is the Dungeons & Dragons movie. And if you told me that movie was going to beat like Scream 6, Shazam, the likes of those, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Um, but it did. And obviously got better critical scores, too. So that helps everything out in that category as well. But, yeah, like I said, Scream se- uh, excuse me, Scream 6 is 7th. Uh, Evil Dead Rise is 9th. So, like, and Cocaine Bear is 13th. So you got kind of – and Pope's Exorcist is even 16th, which that movie started out real slow. Uh, no, and was already – and it's been greenlit for a second one, too. It's wild. Um, so, you know – Horror is back, IP still reigns, but, you know, every now and then you get something that still works, like Air made as much as Cocaine Bear at $87 million. and that's a movie that, you know, was quick to go to uh, streaming uh, now on Amazon Prime, if anyone hasn't seen it. But I agree with you overall, like, the it, it seems like we got a lot less product, it seems like a lot of people, um, I put out there, I don't know if you saw it, I put out on Twitter 
on our account. I put it out there to like a lot of our friends and seeing what they thought were like kind of their favorite movies. And I definitely saw a lot of overlap, um, especially, you know, our friends are like us. They're like, you know, nerdy. They're into the horror stuff, too, and everything else. So it's a lot of the same ones that you can talk about box office wise. We're all on these lists. You know, a lot of love for Guardians, a lot of love for John Wick, a lot of love for Evil Dead Rise. You know, there's a few other things in here, too, uh, including Cocaine Bear. Uh, A lot of people kind of having fun with Cocaine Bear and even Renfield, um, which we, you know, we gave a fair shake to. But, you know, I I don't know if that'll end up in our top fives. But, you know, a lot of those movies are it's kind of all the same ones as I look through the lists that people put out there. Um, and that was my fear with something with this episode is like, are we going to have the same list? Are we going to have something different? And I think we're going to have enough variety to have some fun. I hope we do, but I do think we're going to have at least, yeah, I don't know how much variety we're going to have. I think we may have them in different order, but I think we'll have four. I think I'm going to go on a limb and say we have four of the same top fives. I, uh, let's see. Hold on. I am good. I think that's actually possible. May, yeah. At least three, if not four. Okay. Yeah. And, and going back to piggybacking off what you said about the whole bo- asking our friends in box office, this should tell you all you need to know. Up until March, in my top movies of the year so far was Plain, Megan, She <laughs> right. Came from the Woods, Knock on the Cabin Door. It has a pretty slow start to the year. You know, sure. when I got to slide stuff like Plain, which I loved, by the way, but come on, top movie of the yeah. year. No, Ugh. yeah, yeah. If that movie lingers in your top list for a long time, that's a bad, that's a bad start. <laughs> and the only thing I can remember about by this time last year, I remember the consensus with uh, you, myself, and and Chris, and it was kind of like everything, everywhere, all at once was already out. Um, the Batman was in each of our lists. I remember that was kind of like, oh, we have kind of the tops, but in a different order. Outside of that, I can't fully remember like what else by that point was was in our list. I remember obviously for myself, I know um Cha Cha Real Smooth I had seen at Sundance and it wasn't out yet, so I kinda like cheated and, and put yeah, it in right, there. Right. But like outside of that, it was, you know, not not as spectacular. Although I will say Sundance was way better last year and th- those movies trickled out uh right afterwards where a lot of those either were starting to make the list or we were starting to talk about a lot of those uh and some of them were released like um fresh for instance i think was probably on lists yeah of it ours. was on the list and you had the nicholas cage movie the massive talent was out early oh, right that made, yep. yeah 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 so you know a, a decent crop but again i think uh, from i'll speak for myself i did i did the sundance thing again this year but it was like very disappointing so there might be some that come out later in the year that I didn't get to that come out and all that. But at this point, I just kind of take it as a wash, just goodbye. You know, like, right. <laughs> it, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. But let's get into the list here, because uh, like I said, I think we are going to kind of go around so like we can you know kind of mark them off as soon as whenever but everybody uh gets to that one that we know we have as a crossover but let's start uh you go first man uh give us your number five okay this is a total shame pick and i'm gonna do it because it's it's my pick and that is uh cocaine bear uh, okay is my number five 
And yeah. I know I liked this a little more than you did, but it was exactly the way I was looking for at that time. It was fun. I thought Elizabeth Banks did a great job. I love Carrie Russell. You know, you get the performance by Ray Liotta. Right. Yes, it has massive misfires in it, but I thought it was funny. I liked the action, and I just really dug it for what it was. So that made my list. That's number five for me. Now, again, this is based on a true story, but do you think they're going to have the nerve to try to sequel this up? I am going to go on a, a limb and say no. I think this is going to be a one-off, as well as yeah. should. Yeah, I, I agree, because there's not enough meat on the boat. I mean, like, you could do it like any other kind of, like, you know, uh, like a piranha thing or something where it's, like, just, you know, nature attacks kind of stuff. You could do it. I just don't think there would be enough audience for it. No. They kind of got away with this one (laughs) and did well enough, but I don't think it's going to have legs to really do it. Even though, again, made $87 million, I bet that budget was, like, 25 30 maybe um i'd be shocked if it was in the 50s but like you know it should be enough for it to to do well and obviously you know whatever uh streaming you know pvod numbers that they did too it could be a whole package and you never know where that's gonna (laughs) go um my number five is my number one uh netflix movie of the year and that is the magician's elephant uh, a movie that not a lot of people saw uh, but it's an animated film that I really like. Uh, when I talked to the guys on Mike, Mike and Oscar, when I was on there, uh, I know also Mike really enjoyed it too. The hope would be that maybe it'll make some noise later on in the year if it gets into like the award circuit stuff. But I don't know if I see that. Um, it would have to be a weak crop coming out for this year, but you never know. Um, uh, but honestly it was either this or guardians three and, mm-hmm. I because it's kind of like neck and neck there in terms of my scoring and you know this one's just more delightful it just made me feel good and like obviously Garden Guardians has its moments but like that movie is kind of like again kind of a down note version of the Guardians and takes a a little bit of a detour in terms of the usual humor and some other things but you know for me Magician's Elephant great voice cast heartwarming story um, you don't get a lot of like family films that work well for for all levels like i almost watched it with my kids they even kind of like asked about it so that might still happen but i'm thinking you know this movie might get eclipsed in a couple weeks when we're talking uh spider-verse and and maybe some other things but for right now it's the best animated movie of the year for me um sorry mario but it's got a, a little better story even though i've now watched mario a couple times uh because my kids love it and my son is like ape shit for it like he's all in he's all mario he's no longer a benjamin he is all mario so um so for me yeah uh, magician's elephant if you haven't seen it on netflix and maybe if you have younger kids and want to check it out it does have it's that weird spot it's it's not quite pinocchio level obviously but like it's got that like it's during wartime stuff but it's also so it has a little bit of hints of like what age level is this for but it right. also has enough like wish fulfillment stuff and and fun that I just I just enjoyed the hell out of it. So that's my number five. What okay, do you got I'm for number the... four? Number four. Uh, this is we're getting to uh, Creed three. Uh, this yeah. was higher on my list uh, up until a couple movies just came out. But this is number four. I love this trilogy. We we both spoke just nothing but praise upon this movie with Jonathan Majors. Yeah, and uh, of course Michael B. Jordan. 
for yeah, a that trilogy hasn't movie. Have it? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I feel, oh god, talk god about damn it, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> I, I know he was on such a roll, but no, I loved the story. I loved how they didn't really, well, they didn't have Rocky in it at all. It stood on its own. I think he carry, he can carry this franchise if he wanted to a little while longer. Uh, we've heard stuff about them doing like a what, like a TV property or an animated show or something yeah. spinning off of this. Yeah. As long as they don't go too crazy, but if they wanted to, if they wrote a, a Creed four, I'm there. <laughs> I yeah. am. So yeah. highly entertaining, uh, and I'm a sucker for these movies. But it was a quality film. First time directed director, right? Michael B. directed this one, so yeah. mm-hmm. I thought he did. For for the most part, we both agreed he did a, a you know commendable job. You know, there's some misfires, but overall, sure. he, he he did well. So Creed three is my number four. Yeah, it's my number four, too. Um, we talked about it in the episode. It's like a more personal story. It brings everything back in with the Majors character coming back from the youth of Michael B. Jordan's uh, Adonis character and coming back and really just an intense villain-esque character uh, that they have. And the only thing that we ever talked about in there that didn't quite work is like, you know, some third act stuff, like with the, the kind of dreamlike sequence stuff in the ring and some other things. But otherwise, it's a very gripping performance, both by Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. I think a lot of people were, I, I personally was shocked that this movie worked as well as it did. And you, like you mentioned, uh, first time director stuff, like I was instantly hooked with how he shot the, the action stuff anime was his influence in a lot of those things which again which is maybe why we're gonna get like you know creed anime stuff or whatever because he's just all in on that and it's you know his baby now um but yeah i didn't miss stallone and that's a big Mm -hmm. statement so um yeah definitely creed three one of the best films of the year my number four shane where are you with number three number three is uh probably the most recent movie we both saw and that is blackberry uh, yep. Which shows uh, kind of like where I'm at this year, where I have Cocaine Bear 5 and a movie like Blackberry in the same top five. Yeah. yeah. But, Sadly, unfortunately, you know, like it's not out in a ton of theaters, but it's also not doing that well. We were just talking about it where it's like, we love this movie, but it made $500,000 at best over yeah. the weekend, which is tough. But, um, but yeah, no, this is also my number three. Speak on it. Yeah. There you go. See, we'll get into the nuts and bolts, but uh, I thought Glenn Howerton and Jay, I can never pronounce his last name correct. Baruchel? Yeah. Yeah, probably the best kind of acting he had to do where he wasn't playing like some slacker goof off of Seth Rogen's character or yeah. trying to buddy up to Jonah Hill. I was really keyed in his performance, and Glenn Howerton, to me, was this angry dentist for most of the movie. But <laughs> kind it, of, yeah. But, but it worked, man. Like, he was yeah. so intense. I, I'm a sucker for biopics when they're done the right way, and I thought this had enough humor. I love the grainy kind of documentary style this was filmed in. Yep. You had that, you know, independent feel to it for sure. Uh, you had your guest appearance by or cameo by uh, Carrie Elways. Uh, and it's strictly the rise and fall of the Blackberry, which I never had, by the way. No, me neither. And uh, we I like special the, enough. <laughs> right. And I like the line where they said, this is going to be the phone you had before the iPhone. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I just wish they would have gone into some more maybe the personal aspects of their lives rather than just the rise and fall of it. And we could touch on that. But overall, man, this 
was a well done movie in in a year of biopics with the whole air movie we we're just talking about i liked it better than air i thought it was a better biopic than air yeah so uh good performances all around i was just laser focused into this movie it's a quick ride and all i'm gonna say if you see it at your local theater catch it before it leaves because it's probably gonna leave after a week yeah same thing i echo a lot of those sentiments i too have this above you know, air, Tetris, you know, the other kind of things that could fall in this category. You know, the one thing you didn't mention is love the music in this, too. It started out hot. They were uh, driving in the car listening to No Effects, uh, you know, oh, immediately. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And then, like, you know, Elastica, like that song is uh, in the trailer as well as uh, profiled in the movie as well. Return of the Mac when they discovered the unlimited texting thing. Uh, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, but, yeah, uh, great pacing. I, I really like the pacing of this movie. It's two hours, but you don't feel it at all. And it's got that mm-hmm. level of, like, kind of – like you said, the documentary feel, a lot of like that quick cut, quick zoom thing that is almost like television-esque or documentary-esque, and it kind of like blends the two. Um, love the character design. I kind of disagree with what you said. I don't think they need to go any personal, be- any more personable uh, on these people because this was their life. And a lot of times, you know, with these tech guys and especially a rise like this that happened so quickly – you got one character who like mortgages his house and sitting there like, you know, just in his underwear watching hockey. When you see a personal shot of him, it's like, okay, yeah, he has nothing going on. And then, you know, same thing with these other guys who worked for, uh, you know, RIM as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I guess I should have maybe specified that a little more like towards the end of the movie, when they tell you what happened to each individual, like, I, I would like to know how Balseris got out of going to prison. They never mentioned that at all. You know, yeah, they they left that out. Some of the minor details like that, I wish they would have like focused in what, like, what are they doing now? Like, what, how did they get out of the mess they're kind of in? Yeah, they were better um, about that with air for sure. Yeah, and what I found out after the movie is Doug, the character Doug Matt Johnson, is the director and writer of the movie. Is that yes. right? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. which and I he, was going to mention. That's impressive to do all that. I loved yeah. his character in this movie where he's got the yeah. Ninja Turtles. He's got the headphones on. He's listening to the soundtrack, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it was great. But here, here's a bigger question. What the hell happened to Michael Ironside? Holy sugar oh, shack. Yeah. And, as, oh. and ironically, he's also in Barry that we're watching at the same time. So <laughs> fucking Michael yeah. Ironside making the comeback uh, in a late stage. But, you know. He, you know, he's 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 up there. He doesn't work a ton, so you know. But he's still a big presence. They, he's perfectly oh, he casted in this in this movie, and uh, and I like him and Barry too. He fits that that role pretty well. So uh, I'm I'm all into. It. I agree uh, about the Doug character and kind of like he's just this. You know, he's dressed kind of like Teen Wolf, but a real person. You know, he's got the <laughs> headband. He's got like the the cutoffs or the nerdy shirts and whatever, and it's. It's legit, and I guess they took it from a lot of photos from, like, other, like, obviously this particular company, plus there were company photos from other, like, under, you know, like, soon-to-rise-up uh, tech companies that started in, like, the 90s and things like that, and and it, I love how they show the growth of this company, the instant, you know, kind of going from being these goofballs who have, like, movie nights and stuff and really trying to keep traditions and, you know, it felt a lot like watching Silicon Valley, like that show, but like 
honestly, they just got to the point and they just did it so succinctly that I, I admire that when a movie kind of like outshines kind of like a really good TV show just by going, Oh yeah, no, we could do that too, but I'll do it in two hours when you couldn't do it in, you know, 25 hours, right. You know, so, or, or didn't have as much growth. So yeah, you could do something like that with a show. And I did like Silicon Valley. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I really liked this movie and I was very impressed for a movie that I was just like, ah, eh, we'll just throw this on the pile with air and, and Tetris right. and whatever else. But no, this is, this it, takes the cake. It, and for you uh, people listening, the quote that Andrew said at the top of the show is in fact from this movie. <laughs> yes, it is. And it made me laugh so goddamn hard. I don't even know what he meant by that. <laughs> what a vampire's hand. I guess it's like a drug, drug scene or something that maybe I'm unaware of or something. <laughs> But I was just like, whatever, man, go for broke. <laughs> he was already trying to move the Pittsburgh Penguins to Calgary or whatever it was. A fucking animal. <laughs> Which I never knew that, but I guess that's the truth. That's what happened. It yeah. blew my mind. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So yeah, I just loved I, I just loved all the main characters in this in this story. And obviously, uh, you know, how it just crumbled based on, you know new tech kind of fading old tech but also just the the shitty back dealing stuff that uh you know the shadiness of the co-ceo there that you mentioned and and doing stock option stuff that got them landed with the sec and all that stuff so there's enough intrigue there's enough great character design even just kind of like seeing the development of those early smartphones too i was into the story because i didn't really know i I, what's so funny is that i worked for verizon uh in around 0506 so like i saw the end of the blackberry era the palm pilot era uh, go and I worked for Best Buy before that, where we sold cell phones too. So I kind of saw where the iPhone kind of just took off, but I didn't know it was like kind of this one for one and what stage it was at. And and God, it was heartbreaking to watch that scene towards the end where like he's fixing the Ugh. the Blackberries that they ordered from China. It's just uh, I know so it's a it's just a movie about like if you stuck to your principles. Like, look at how well Doug in the recap at the end, like, ends yeah, up. That's right? like, that's like justice for Doug. If you want a hashtag that gets a justice <laughs> for Doug would be my, my one in there. But, you know, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie and it is also my number three. So where do you sit at number two? Mm. I'm sure we're number doing the same. I think we're doing the exact same thing here. Yeah, I told you we're going to have four out of the five, you know. I know, but I didn't uh, realize the order was going to be the same. This is crazy. Yeah. Number two is John Wick number four. You uh, jumped it, you bastard. I didn't know you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, both gave this five stars, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, we did. We both talked glowingly about this movie. What else can you say about this movie? Number four in the John Wick chapter, and it grossed over $400 million for non-comic book or Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. Like, uh, unreal that a number four would do that, man. Like, I can't speak enough about this movie. We both loved it. Keanu Reeves, I hope he lives forever. And <laughs> we'll see what he does with John Wick 5. That's still in the air. But I, as long as he's attached, I'm in I'm in this series until they fumble the ball. And they haven't fumbled yet, really. Yeah, What the, didn't they talk about, like, ballerina or whatever? Like, some... Uh offshoot prequel thing or something uh did you hear about this 
they did and it was about john wick's background right with the angelica houston character or whatever how she developed that whole house of the, the whole ballerina thing i did hear stuff about that but i haven't heard about it like where it currently sits yeah it's i mean it's written also still by uh shane hatton who you know did a lot of the i think um a lot of the scripts for I, he at least did three and four i don't know if he was in before then but yeah this is supposed to be uh set between the events of john wick chapter three and john wick chapter four so okay. so you're gonna have keanu it's anna diarmas in there as well with chloe grace moretz um and i guess maybe they shot enough people are saying that lance reddick is in this too but i don't know if it's you know flashback or whatnot not to spoil john wick chapter four for people um right. but you know i don't know how far along they are and when they're doing it but uh if you look it up it says 2024 so okay. we might get it <laughs> you know right on the heels of the success uh success of uh john wick chapter four um totally agree though you know obviously like we said we we gave it a glowing review you know, this movie is my number one, though. So I, this is where we kind of like just flip flop slightly because I know we're also going to be glowing about your number one and probably my number two. So, uh, but John Wick, yeah, chapter four, amazing how they brought in new characters into the fold and we just fell in love instantly. The action is still off the charts. We were so concerned about the runtime in this movie, or at least I was more than you, because uh, you were just like putting in my veins. I don't give a shit. It could be seven hours and I'd be like, whatever. Um, but I was a little more skeptical and it didn't bother me at all. So this movie, one of the best action movies I've seen in a long, long time, uh, made up for all the shortcomings that I had with part three, which I thought was the worst of the series. Um, so amazing, amazing that they were able to pull this off. And I agree if they just keep this thing going, including whatever, if they want to do the ballerina thing, because it's going backwards in time and then let hit the ending of this movie be his ending. I'm fine with that, too. But yeah, let's do it, man. More Keanu. He's the best. I'm not going to complain. Love that man. <laughs> Um, so give us your number one, homie. Well, it's your number two. Like you said, it's the covenant, man. Um, yeah. yeah. Guy, Guy, Guy Ritchie's ma yeah, his masterpiece of the, of the year is masterpiece since 1999. And I might take this as his best movie he's ever directed. Now that I want to go back now, would I rewatch snatch and John wick four more than the covenant? Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Cause you gotta be in the right headspace to watch the covenant. Yeah. But damn, this movie is gripping on so many levels between we talked about the score was just so well weaved into this movie and the performances of um, Jake Gyllenhaal. And his, I forgot the, the interpreter's name, but man, just that story and had enough action. It was well shot. Just just a great, great movie, man. And again, would I watch John Wick more? Yes, but man, as far as movies go, this movie had everything, man. It hit all the notes. It was emotional. Again, action-packed. There were scenes that made me well up a little bit. I mean, I give all the flowers to Jake Gyllenhaal on this one, man. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it uh, because obviously we covered it on the show, but it's it's interesting for a Guy Ritchie movie to be more story than style, um, and this movie is a hell of a story. Uh, a lot of performances that, you know, maybe get lost with the fact that I did like the the cinematography, the score, uh, you know, those type of things I thought were 
big standouts for me. So maybe I I I sleep on the performances a little bit, but I thought yes, the the two mains are absolutely perfect for this movie. They gel well together. The the montage sequences uh, of going through the mountains and doing all that stuff, the rescue mission kind of things was excellent. Um, and yeah, Joan Hall slam dunks that third act, uh, getting once he gets back in the Ugh. field and does everything else. So cannot complain. I, you know, I, again, probably based on my age, whenever you see people, but like, give me snatch and, you know, that movie all day. It was on cable or whatever the other day. And I just watched it from wherever <laughs> I picked it up and just, I, I can't help but love that movie. It's so just, it's a winky just uh, it's a constant smile even though it does get dark i forgot how dark it gets with like the the brad pitt storyline with his mom and the pikeys and all that stuff but that style of guy richie i prefer but to me this movie is the best thing he's done in quite some time Mm -hmm. and yeah this is my number two but it was it was tough it was tough to pick we 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 were saying it in the episode that it was tough to pick um but i have this just a tick below uh, John Wick Chapter Four, so not a shock that we have an <laughs> extreme overlap, <laughs> but it kind of you know feeds into what I was saying about even just checking in with people on Twitter and things like that. A lot of people were kind of saying the same things. Did you ever get to Evil Dead Rise? I'm seeing that on a lot of people's, and I <sighs> have not yet. I, I have not because I wasn't a fan of the original retelling or reimaging of the first Evil Dead, and then when I saw this trailer, it honestly didn't do anything for me and it still doesn't do anything for me which is shocking because i'm a horror guy but i can't get motivated to see this movie you know what i mean but yet i'll be motivated to see some shitty ben affleck movie at the theater (laughs) you know what i I mean yeah which by the way the floor is yours give me your 30 seconds on hypnotic because i wanted to see this over the weekend we talked about uh possibly covering it this week and yeah, it, it's getting a little bit slammed out there in, on these streets. So it, it, it is, and I just read before we got in the air this that movie's like twenty years in developmental hell, and I don't know why because this this wasn't a great movie. I mean, <laughs> it, you got Ben Affleck plays a cop whose daughter gets kidnapped, and he's doing everything he can to find her. He gets his clue, and he's trying to track her down. You got Wayne Fincher as like this hypnotic guy who think in, Inception, like he can like make you see a reality that's not there in your mind right so that's like his control over everybody but uh you know for some reason ben affleck's character is immune to this power and he comes across (laughs) okay uh alice brega uh who tried who's like also hypnotic who helps him out and there's some twists and turns in here and it does get twisty at the end so i won't spoil it for those who want to see it because it is a big twist and it would ruin the movie for you and I like Rich Rod. I like Rich Rodriguez, but this was probably the worst film he's ever directed. Robert like, Rodriguez. I'm sorry. Robert Rodriguez. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, he's not it's, the closer for the Pirates or whatever. Yeah, it was a not, years not ago. that we know of. Um, <laughs> yeah. He might have done a better job with this movie. Who knows? Uh, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is like a straightforward Robert Rodriguez movie. Like, and what bothered me is like, there's too many close ups and objects. Like, you do a close up on a pair of scissors. So, like, 10 minutes later, you know, the scissors are going to come into place. He yeah. did those shots over and over and over. The screenplay was was bad. The dialogue was it was just bad. And yeah. if they would have kept the bad guy as the bad guy, this movie would have landed a little better. But when they did their twisty turn, it it lost all momentum for me. So the best thing I could say is it's an hour and a half. I have seen a lot worse. 
this movie wouldn't have bothered me if it was on Netflix. Like if this was this is a Netflix mm. movie to a T. The sure. fact that I had to go to the theater to see this movie kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. So right. to wrap it up, I gave it a two out of five. And I love Ben Affleck. I'm a defender of the fleck, but man, he's kind of going through the motions in this one. And it just you could tell. It, yeah. it just was it was a mess. And the critics are right. It's it's a mess. It's a total mess. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I'm I'm curious. Did you end up catching the mother over the weekend? That was my review for what's on Netflix if you want to go see my yeah. long written review, but uh yeah, this uh, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, you know, in a in a I, I my big thing with it, my biggest contention was that they lost me 40 minutes into the movie when they talk about her backstory. I don't think this movie is Jennifer Lopez's fault if it's not as successful as it should be. And it's all about the screenplay that failed this movie. Do you agree with those sentiments? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. To put it this way, I, f- I fell asleep watching it the first time. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and so I rewatched it on Mother's Day. And again, it was. It, I wanted to go to sleep again. It lost me again, probably 45 minutes in. I thought the editing was terrible. Do you remember the scene where she's chasing the guy in Cuba down the stairs and he throws like a trash can or a barrel at her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell if you look, that's her stunt double. Like they did oh, such sure, a bad yeah. job editing that scene. It, and she, to me, she wasn't viable as an action person. And she can carry action. I just didn't buy her in this movie. I didn't like the story. It was way too long. And I hate to tell you, J-Lo, but uh, I'd rather watch Hypnotic again than sit through the Ooh, mother. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I think I gave it, well, it was, you know, me and my, I, I would give quarters, but I, I think I put it as a two and a half okay. uh, on my letterbox, but I could be talked into slightly lower depending on my mood. But the, it's just, I, I felt for J-Lo because I don't think they let her do a ton and I don't think they had like these, you know, elite stunt choreographers that you're seeing in some you know your extractions or your old guards or your whatever and you know they kind of just threw this movie together and it's uh nikki caro who i liked uh early on with whale rider and north north country north county Mm -hmm. north country um and you know i thought she did a good job and then like nowadays she's doing like the mulan remake in this movie and i'm like okay so she's just kind of like for hire you know, yeah. it felt like she did her passion project. She made her stamp and now she's kind of just floating in the ether and lands on something like this. But you could tell this movie was just hacked to pieces between yeah. rewrites, heavy edits and, you know, and it's still not like a short movie either. So however this worked out. Yeah. Read my review on what's on Netflix or check the movie out if you want to like counter on us because i will tell you as soon as uh it landed on what's on netflix uh i got comments in there being like who is this critic i don't fucking care <laughs> j-lo's the best it's like all right okay okay so if you want to be that person to me feel free um at jokes on drew on twitter you can yell at me there or the comment section of the site but i would say if you want to wrap it up this way shane like so we're looking at the summer and we we also did last year, we did kind of like our most anticipated summer movie stuff, but we don't need to get into all that because we're basically right upon it. But I would say the reason why we kind of did this top five now is because I don't see anything for a few weeks here that I thought would jump in, but just kind of forecasting into the summer a little bit. What's like one or two movies that you think could jump into the Shane top five if it all goes well? Oh. Man, okay, that's a good question. Um, because I made a list here, and I boy, 
it's tough out there. Like like I said, we're we're not into the Little Mermaid thing. We're not that into Fast X. We're not, you know, we got some some holes coming up, uh, you know, uh, but yeah. there are some bigger movies that, you know, hopefully for, should work. For me, the one that should get in the top five is the Spider-Man Across the Universe. Uh, should get in the top five. Other yeah. than that, maybe Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not a big fan. I'm not a huge fan of Christopher Nolan. I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, I just think he's getting too smart for his own good. So I'm not like Oppenheimer doesn't do anything for me. So those would be the two that might sneak into my top five. I have others listed here, but they're not top. Fortunately, Meg 2 is not a top five movie. That might get in my top ten. <laughs> I was about to say, you you say that, and then you're going to turn around and go, so I don't like giving so many fives in one year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just waiting for it. I'm waiting for you to just drop that in there just to do it. But I agree, though. Those were the kind of ones that are me movies, like Across the Spider-Verse is you know the next one that's probably i'm i'm like super excited like i already have my tickets for it you know i'm i'm that kind of guy um mm-hmm. and then yeah then from there it's dead reckoning part one because fallout was i think the best one of the series and we're coming right off of that so hopefully it's not like the bond series where it was like oh skyfall is great and then there's like a drop off because you're trying to like end this thing out or however it goes um but you know Still a worthy movie, but it's not going to live up to maybe what my favorite is of the franchise. But yeah, I am I am a Nolan fan, so I will be front and center for Oppenheimer. Um, and then I'll I'll also watch Barbie, but I have no idea what that movie is, even multiple trailers in. So that's kind of like scratching my head. Um, so, but those are the ones that in the next few months I think could jump in here. It- Here's one for you, since we both saw Black Bear. I don't know if you... Oh, you just said you said you didn't see any trailers. Uh, one trailer I did see, which this may shock you, but it's an IFC movie as well, uh, a little movie called Biosphere. Not to be, cu- not oh. to be confused with Biodome, right. Biosphere, <laughs> yeah. with, Mark, with Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown. Oh. Have, have you seen a trailer for that? I have not. No, I haven't. That, I'm really interested in that film. <laughs> it's a it's a quirky independent film about two guys trapped in uh, a biosphere trying to like sustain life and right. it's a yeah it's one of those kind of movies man but it's a dark it looks like a good like lighthearted comedy slash drama so I wrote that down as well man again see I can surprise you people I'm not all <laughs> boobs and guns and explosions I I mainly am but I can be I can step outside my box is there something that we like because again we I brought up evil dead rise but like is there any other movies that you're like oh i missed out on this one yeah i need to go back like anything that like because to me i didn't really have a lot like even just looking at the stuff here like yeah i'll probably try to get to dungeons and dragons um but you know outside of that there's not a whole lot that i think i'm like oh man i missed out like um i know um in this makes me sad and i probably have to rectify it but uh i just ended my hulu subscription and then now they have stuff that i want to watch so i'm like ah, i guess i might go back but the um rye lane is a movie that i believe was at sundance that i missed that i've heard really good things about you know so there's that i don't know about many other movies that i have like on my watch list that have already been released that I'm kind of missing out on. You got anything in that category? 
No, the one I had, which I watched this weekend, was Air. That's the one I wanted to see in the theater. I missed it in the theater, but thank God I got the Prime, so I was able to catch up on that. But right. as far as theatrical re- releases, that I'm like, ah, shoot, I can't wait. For- no, there's there's nothing. Yeah, I don't know if I, uh, you know, <laughs> stomped on the flames of uh, Sisu for you, but I thought that movie was fine. It's, right. you know, it's still a, a good movie to watch. You know, it's short and you can have a lot of fun with it, but it wasn't like this, oh man, gear up like it's a John Wick movie. Um, I I had enough fun with it, but I wasn't there. Um, I know Infinity Pool is on my list to, to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. That. Yeah. Um, did you ever get to, I thought you got to that one. I didn't. Uh, it didn't jive with the times I, I was going to go. And I think I ended up seeing another horror film instead. Right. And I forget which one it was. But I, I had two to choose from and I chose the not Infinity Pool. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So there's, you know, uh, enough ones that maybe once we catch up, Polite Society was another one out of Sundance that I wanted to check out. That was supposed to be like kind of like a cool Indian action movie uh, there as well. Um, but, yeah. I I think there's enough out there. Uh, and as you were saying, yeah, that biosphere, I looked that up. And, yeah, July 7th is uh, when that one comes out. And I got to say, it's a two-hander. It's a small movie. So it could it could be pretty solid. I wonder if this was like one of those COVID ones because it's, uh, it was a, it's listed as 2022 but doesn't have a theatrical release until, obviously, like I said, July 7th. So we'll see. Movie year is plugging along. It's It's got like some highs and lows, but nothing where it's like this feels like a great year yet. So I want I want better things for the summer. I want those movies that we mentioned that are on our radar to be knocked out of the park. So that way I'm not sitting here, you know, debating whether I keep, you know, for, for even how much I like it. You know, the uh, the Magician's Elvins of the world or things like that that are on the fringes right now. Um, keeping that dialogue going but you know i hope those other movies that we mentioned do really well um i believe fast x is obviously the big movie of Mm. the week this week so as i mentioned to you i haven't seen a fast movie uh in a very 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 long time i started early and left with tokyo drift and never went back so yes i hear fast five is excellent and all these other things and maybe that'll be my homework uh, to get back in the swing of things and maybe uh, catch this out uh, eventually. But, you know, it, they've kind of, you know, they jumped the shark and then fucked the shark as well. <laughs> like, it's it's like they're just like they have uh, just murdered the shark uh, over and over again. So it's it's a it's an interesting franchise. So I don't think we're going to maybe get to that unless you do want to give a, a shorty review maybe uh, next week. But hopefully uh, we'll, we'll maybe jump back into some of the TV stuff. I don't think we're ready for top five shows of the year Not because yet. we're in progress with Ted Lasso, Barry, uh, for me, Succession, um, and Mrs. Davis, which we haven't mentioned at all, um, but I'm still in. And, you know, the fact that we're going whale hunting or whatever <laughs> in the show, you're a little, <laughs> you're not caught up, cut up. Right? I'm not caught up, correct. So. I'll leave it that then for there. Um, anything else you got on the on the burner, buddy? Before we get that, out of here, that's it, man. It's gonna be a slow week. I, I I say I won't watch Fast Ten, but I'm sure I'll end up catching it in the theater because that's the kind of life I live. So <laughs> exactly the charmed life as we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Tell us on our socials, Recent Act Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know your top fives so far for 2023. Also, you know, subscribe, review, do the whole thing, say nice things, and do nice <laughs> things for us online. And we will see you next week for more recent activity.